We've all heard of the term prepping. Prepping often brings to mind bunkers and um, and doomsday ideas, but actually prepping is just simple, smart, it makes sense. It's what our grandparents used to do, having a food storage on hand. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what are the things that you would want to have on hand if there's times of disruptions. So I'll see you in the episode. So the big question is this, how do we live in more sustainable and regenerative ways? How can we tap into the ancient secrets of living in harmony with the sacred nature of life? How do we embody the interconnected web of life that thrives in abundance within each of us? That is the question and this podcast will explore the answers. My name is Craig Hubbard and welcome to Shambhala Living. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Shambhala Living podcast. So this episode was inspired by a question that came from a friend and this friend is about to head off on a journey in a motorhome and they asked how can they handle their food security? They're worried about COVID, lockdowns and food security in general and they wanted to establish some land somewhere and and I feel like that's happening a lot of places people are there's there's some fear and some anxiety and when we see the lockdowns happen we we see the run on the shops and then the food the shelves go depleted until they can get restocked again so I just wanted to touch on that and I wanted to share the answer that I provided and it may or may not serve you in this time So firstly, if we just look at food security and why it's an important thing to prep, often when we hear the word prep or preppers, it can bring like this doomsday kind of feeling. And and I'm not much for doomsday. I feel like when I'm prepping or preparing, I'm preparing for sustainable living. I'm preparing for regenerative living. I'm preparing to have a stable environment, a stable health and wellness solution for my family during any kind of economic time. That's to me is not prepping for doomsday, that's just being sensible. And if we were to ask most of our grandparents or our great grandparents about how much food they would keep in their stores or in their cellars, then we would find out that they would have a lot more time than what we generally have now so most houses have up to three days maximum a week is the general consensus of how much food is in in our houses which is based upon the convenience of the supermarket system and the transport system whereas uh, back in when my grandparents are around, that that wasn't as fast-flowing and easeful, so there would be more food kept. And if we were going further back to family farms, then there would be a lot more food provisions kept on, on, the, on the property. It was just considered normal. That was, was considered safe, smart um, ways of looking after the family where now we are totally reliant on the deliveries, but those deliveries to the supermarkets and even to the, to the smaller shops 
they generally come from centralized warehouses and those centralized warehouses are then pulling their stock from the producers or the um, the um, dis distributors of food so often the thing that causes the biggest food shortages is just simply transport it can get blocked there can be floods there can be lockdowns and tra if transport stops then our food system stops because we don't just have transport taking our food to our shops we've got transport taking inputs to farms inputs to uh, processes all around the, the country and then they've got to get that from those processes to the shops so we've got transport as this linchpin transport also needs fossil fuels and therefore when you add that consideration to the the other consideration of depleted soil and we have a um, and then an econ economic instability plus a COVID lockdown we have this perfect storm of unknowing and very much unstable food system so to me it would it makes perfect sense to prepare for changes ahead prepare for a bumpy road ahead and that doesn't have to be as negative or or as scary as it sounds you know when we hear preppers we might hear of bunkers we might see in our minds bunkers and and cans and, and stuff and yeah if you want to go that far you could but i think there's a there's a level where the actual prepping brings on its own anxiety so i think preparation for sustainable living for wellness of family and to bring down the anxiety level rather than to increase the anxiety so some of the simple solutions that that we've done and we continue to do today is always have a stock of food in buckets in the pantry when i say in the pantry i i use the laundry as a secondary pantry as a store like a food store and i would make a, a spot somewhere in the house even if it was in the, the garage for your your food store and the foods that i like to have are foods that i can plant in the ground so my my preferred option is always seeds seeds nuts legumes in the whole state so in the whole form rather than split or rolled so when i choose things like oats then i prefer to have oat groats over the rolled oat because i can't sprout a rolled oat but i can sprout an oat seed so some of my top ones would be legumes like lentils chickpeas i've got a list here that i made for for him so i'll just bring that up so in the lentils you've there's red lentils which are split so it's definitely if you if you like to eat red lentils split then for cooking purposes then you could definitely have a, a bucket of those and when i say a bucket i'm talking like a food grade bucket usually the white buckets the lid that seals on really tight and what we're aiming for is to to keep as much much oxygen out of there as possible so if you 
have a bag that you can tie it up inside of the bucket and you don't want to be going to this each day this is something that is there for provisions and you could then be filling up smaller buckets or jars in the the kitchen so the benefit of having the seeds is you have multiple avenues of food source when we when we go to to the whole food source then you can do a lot more things with it it's a lot more versatile therefore it's a lot more adaptable and therefore a lot more sustainable for for storing it stores better but we can use it better in the kitchen the reason i like the seeds and the sprout the whole food style seed is you can either cook with them or you can sprout them and the difference is let's say wheat so if you're if you want to make bread you can have spelt seed and you could grind that or or um pound that into flour if you need to if you want to make bread or you can cook put that into stews or soups but the thing that i like about wheats and barleys and those kind of grains that typically are a little bit frowned upon because they've got high gluten content but when we sprout them they turn into a vegetable keeping a a source of grain like a barley or wheat is actually in my mind one of my vegetable stores so i put that in i i would every now and then use it for putting into uh, stew soups or stews and also making into some breads uh, if you've got a, a flour grinder then or a, a nutribullet might even do it but i prefer to just sprout them so when you sprout your seeds and your grains they no longer have the the same characteristics as they did as the grain they're now considered a vegetable when they are fully sprouted so that means even if you're gluten intolerant if you're celiac then i would prefer you to talk to your doctor about this but if you're just gluten intolerant when you you can't generally have wheat most of the gluten intolerant people can have wheat grass and that is the sprouted version of wheat you can either eat the, the grass and you can juice it or you can eat the sprouted component which has got the seed the root and the little shoot and that would be a considered a vegetable now if it's not fully sprouted then it's still going to have some of the gluten con- components so you, it does if you if you want to completely avoid the gluten part then you only want to have the the greenery and then you would put that into if it's something like wheatgrass then you would probably be juicing that then you've got other things like mung beans chickpeas lentils the whole lentils all of these are sproutable meaning that you can both cook with them and they're very long large long shelf life if if and i'm talking if you keep these in the right way with the with no air in them it doesn't have to be zero but you, you can put some um, moisture absorbers in there food grade moisture absorbers put them in, put your your grains into a bag put them into a white bucket with a lid and keep them out of the heat they'll they'll store in there for years the thing that will make that go bad is if they're constantly getting access to air 
and then you start getting some weevils or something in there or, or if there if there was moisture so you want it to be nice and dry air free i would constantly check for for any not constantly i would i would just routinely check like every six months every year i would open up my my tubs and check the, check them out do a now if you have weevils you can put them into a freezer if you've got a freezer at the time but all of these things you can store and you can if you've got some land you could take that wheat seed and 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 grow wheat you know you, if you you you've got your lentils you can grow them in the ground or you can sprout them on your kitchen bench so just a really basic how to sprout and this is not a how to sprout podcast but this is a a small section of how to sprout so each seed and grain will have a slightly different variation that it would need but the basic thing that you would need is to soak your 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 seed for 12 to 24 hours then once it's been soaking for that period of time then you want to drain it and then for the next 24 to 36 hours and in some cases even 72 hours you want to keep it moist and not let it dry out but you don't want it sitting in water so you would have a rinsing system and that would be just simply uh, there's multiple options you could put a t-shirt over a glass jar and tip it upside down a, a sieve you basically just every day twice a day you're going to be rinsing those seeds and like filling it up with water letting any impurities come out of it and then you're going to be tipping that water out and saving the, the seeds and you don't want the seeds sitting in in water so you want to ideally you would have some muslin or some stocking t-shirt um, i've done it with a clean sock before if i'm in a pinch so you, you know just something that will drain your food a, a backpacker friend he was wondering how he could have food continuously on his journey and and what had what i'd suggested there was again have a couple of bags of dry grain and then have a couple of clean socks or something like a sock a stocking and then soak it and then he was i suggested tie it onto his backpack and he would have that draining in his backpack out outside of his backpack you could do this in a car in a motorhome you can do it in your kitchen sink and i think it's something that we should always be doing having some sprouts so we can eat a vegetable or you can also add those um, sprouted things some of the legumes are better off when they're sprouted and then cooked but in certain cases you can you can eat them and they won't upset your tummy trial them the a big one is are they chewable do they feel like they're digesting like are they actually breaking down in your mouth give a little try if you're if you're not getting any stomach aches from eating the sprouted pulses then lentils and uh, legumes then you that you can continue eating them if you are getting stomach aches then i would suggest not eating them and putting them into not eating them raw but putting them into your soups or stews but there's a so many seeds that uh, like alfalfa and broccoli these are uh, amazing ones 
Again, they'll store for a long time in their seed form, in their whole form, as long as we keep them dry. Some of my top ones are to, I like to buy them in 25 kilo bags. And, and this goes back to before starting the farm, we had a business called Mulaney Whole Foods and it was all about saving and storing seeds and providing them to people in, in large quantities in 25 kilo bags so that they could, they could do exactly this. Um, since then we've, we've taken on the farm and we've got our own storage of food. It doesn't come up that often anymore. I don't know, sometimes I find people get a bit weirded out when they hear about prepping and they all get, they get nervous about it, but it's perfectly normal. We're not building underground bunkers, or that's what, not what I'm suggesting. If, you, if you're into that, then, then do that. But what I'm suggesting is just having a healthy approach to your food and not inherently just trusting the, the big global food system because it's got so many flaws in it that it's going to break, it continues to break, and it's only going to break more and more. And we call that the, the industrial food system, and there's glitches in that. So you can easily take that out by one, obviously having a garden, two, having connection to your local farm or farmer's market, and three, having a storage of staples. So I would create a space, allocate a spot i would put a budget to this and um and it's better if you're just buying the whole bags rather than you you could just buy five kilo ones as well that way you get a little more variety a little, little bit more variety um but if i was buying 25 kilo bags i would have a series of 20 liter buckets ready to go and then i'd buy things like whole lentils I'd get chickpeas whole, I'd get some wheat or barley in the hole, I'd get some oat seeds, oats come in, oat groats, rolled oats or the actual oat, sproutable oat seeds. So oat groats, I haven't had a lot of luck sprouting the groat itself, it's like the inner part of the seed, but it's harder to get the whole oat seed so if you can get some oat seed then great if not i would then still get the oat groat because it's more adaptable it'll store a lot longer than a rolled oat however i also love rolled oats and they will store a, a fairly long time it's just that as soon as we turn it into flour or we process it or activate it or do anything to damage the whole aspect then the, the degrading begins, the oxidization begins faster. So I would still have as one of my staples. Then I would have rice. We can't sprout the rice that we eat and it is a lot harder to get the rice that we can sprout. So if you can get your hands on any sproutable rice, if you don't know if it's sproutable, put it, soak it and then drain it. Do, the, do what I said before about soak it for 24, 12 to 24 hours drain it and then just keep rinsing it twice a day, three times a day and keep it moist but no, don't let it sit in water and you'll, let, you'll know within uh, two to three days if, it's, if you've got a rice grain that can sprout. 
Now, just while we're still talking about the sprouting, if any time your sprout starts smelling like bad, if you and you'll know it if if it's not, then you can rinse that and try try and get rid of any of the bacteria that's grow, building up in there. But it's uh, most likely it's been sitting in in too much water. It's going anaerobic, and you're getting a, a bacteria that is not a healthy one, and that's what the smell is. So rinse that out. See if you can get rid of the smell. If the smell's gone, then and and you keep doing your rinsing twice or three times a day, then you should be okay. But if any time you you get the smell, then it's possible that you've got pathogen in there, and and it could make you sick. So those ones I would just compost, and I would start the process again. And if you don't get it right the first time, don't give up. It can take a little bit of getting used to. And once you've got a system down, then you'll find that this is an amazing source of fresh food. And it's one of the, the healthiest foods we can get because it's uh, at the sprouted level and it's from ho- your whole foods. It's done at home. It's like a mini garden in your kitchen. Then the other thing I would add is mung beans. I've got that as optional. Then I like a dried fruit of some kind as a natural sugar content. So I like dates as a, as a way that you can then add some sugar into your food, um, into some dishes, because it's amazing. All these things doesn't just make lentils and rice. This can make all sorts of different things, especially if you've got some different seeds in there as well. I'd, I'd add a small amount of five kilos of alfalfas and broccoli seeds for sprouting and then I also like to have salt on hand as well because that's one of the things that's very much a commodity a lot of these are commodities so we're not talking about accessibility but in times of shutdowns lockdowns transport issues the commodities are things that you should have in storage in your store have some some Himalayan or some sea salt keep that dry and keep that with its lid on, it it will um, attract the moisture. So you want to have a really good seal on that one in, in a plastic bag inside of your bucket. And, and then I also have some oil as well, some sort of oil. And the other one is a nut, like a almond. I like almonds because, again, you can sprout them. Um, macadamians are another one that I like. So you could either sprout them. When I say sprout, I don't let them go all the way to growing a green shoot on those ones. I just let them activate. Most seeds and grains, when they're in their their whole dried form, they've got phytic acids. They're basically there to protect that, that seed. And when we consume too much of that, it can build up in our system when we sprout them then it activates them and effectively when we've got a a seed like um, any seed lentil seed or wheat seed that can last for for years like like if in the right area they could last 20 years in storage i always date my lids as well so i know when did i purchase it and i also mark like when did i i um I last open it, so I know, and when did I last check it? And but when those seeds get activated, mean just like when we're 
planting, when we learn germination techniques in the garden, when that seed gets activated, meaning it got water, it was immersed in water for a period of time, then it starts to break down those phytic acids. It starts a process that cannot be reversed and that means that the, sh- the seed is now starting to, to, to turn from dried form into new life. It gets a signal to say, okay, it's ready to, to use up the, the carbohydrate that is the gluten aspect or the grain aspect and it's ready to start transitioning into this, this amazing process called germination that is sprouting. Now, we, when we go all the way, we have the root and the, the first shoots coming off and none of this um, immediately needs the sun so when we're in the germination stage if we're going to take it to like wheatgrass stage or we want to plant these in the garden then we need the sun and we need the photosynthesis to happen but things like nuts and a lot of these seeds we can we call them activated when we just soak them overnight then now we've broken down some of that phytic acid we've reduced that we've we've started the process of sprouting and it's, a, it's effectively now called activated. So if you've ever bought activated nuts, then that's what's happened. And then, then they've dried that nut and now it's, it's been activated and then re-dried. And that is a lot healthier for us. You'll find that your food will go a lot further when you're activating your food because it's like one handful, one cupful of nuts will turn into two cupfuls of activated nuts because they swell up triple the size and they'll take in the water they'll take in they'll start breaking their 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 food source inside down and they're starting to, to grow literally grow so it's an amazing process and these are foods that you can have stored right now in your house and get the other thing that is is great is most of these are actually some of the the cheapest foods that you can buy like they are commodities so it, it makes so much sense to have these in the house some of the locations depending on where you are in the world you'll have a bulk food store you can go to that bulk food store and you can usually buy in one kilo five kilo and if you ask them then they'll also have 25 kilo bags or 10 kilo bags now, if you're into baking, you you want more of the process side, like the flours or the oat, the rolled oats and the split lentils and the split chana dal, like the, the split chickpeas, then you definitely buy the things that you're going to use. That's that's definitely, you definitely want that. However, I'd, I would ensure that a, you know, a portion of your store is whole food that you can sprout because that's the thing that that is the most important to keep sproutable seeds because you can one if you've if that's the only food you've got left then you can take that 25 kilo bag of lentils and you can grow find a farm or have a garden and you can just be continuously growing a source of food indefinitely sustainably you'll need some compost but you can continually bring that 
to your to your family and keep a food source whereas the other foods you cannot grow more oats from a, a rolled oat just keeping that in mind have the foods in bulk and when i say bulk i'm talking like a minimum a month of your food needs realistically three months just because it makes sense it, it's not because of any other reason it's just that it just makes sense and it's, it's a lot less than you think some of us are probably a bit like what i'm not going to have three months worth of food for my kids in the house all at once like it's hard enough just having one week's worth of food and that is because the food that we we generally served up at the supermarket is not anywhere near its whole form unless it's fruit and vegetables but you can't store them for three months unless you are doing a whole nother set of processing which i would highly recommend but that's not the theme of this podcast and that would be storing it in um you know pickling and and canning and that that's something that we'll talk about but i'm looking at just doing the basics for now just getting yourselves some seeds some grains some nuts some oil and putting them in buckets putting them in a store and don't even use them just yet just keep them there for provision it's just your savings account so stop running on the the one week turnaround not many of us would um hand to mouth that's that can be um an anxious cycle especially when you don't know if you're going to get fed next week if the no matter how much money you've got if those shops don't have food you can't get food so taking a little bit of preparation is so valuable if you want to find out more if i haven't covered something in this then then send me an email and i'll i'll respond i'll respond to every one of you and i'll do my best to cover put anything in the in the notes of this episode i won't put links to places because it's not going to make sense if you're in different countries but just look up google your bulk food store and ask them if they do wholesale or if they do like bulk bulk um, if if you just think you can't do it then go in with a friend don't be scared off by the size of it like you know a 25 kilo bag of rice or lentils it seems like a lot but it's it's not actually that much in money it's and if you've got the right buckets for it then it's you'll be so so thankful for, so the whole point of this podcast and those that that are beginning to listen to this is that I want to give you the tools the the ideas to have one a healthy body and a healthy family have a healthy relationship with the earth start to build up your resilience in your family and then have community resilience because when we are taking responsibility as a family and as as a as a person we come become more sovereign and then it's only then we become community resilient so that we can actually withstand some changes and resilience in permaculture and in nature is an inherently necessary requirement it's because they don't always know when the next rain is going to come or the next food or if it's dry down there there's it's, it's things slow down they have to be resilient whereas we do absolutely too but we've been spoon-fed for so long 
and it seems like the norm is to just be on a weekly cycle but actually that's a, only a very short part of our history that we've gone to to that and that's since the industrial age but be, prior to that there was we we did have more resilience in our in our food system in our in our ways of providing food for our family so we can learn from 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 that and we can take that knowledge forward and take action on it i challenge or or um, would love to to hear if you do take that up and start with you know four or five buckets and and fill them up and know that you've got a, a diverse range of of different food staples that you can eat at any time cook them up sprout them up plant them in the garden share them trade barter you've got the thing that is one of the most valuable things on the planet when get tight things like transport fail which they do all the time so it just makes sense so that's the end of this podcast i hope you got something out of that and um my my hope and dream is that you and your family thrive in all times of change that's what we're here for and to build up a resilient community and that community doesn't just need to be the local community which is so important your local community my local community but also the community through this this network of sharing knowledge sharing ideas so if you've got some things that you'd love to add to to this or add to a future episode of how can we build up a better resilience with our food system to provide food for our families through any thing that that may come any changes that may come so sending lots of love to you and your family and i will see you in the next episode bye for now Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shambhala Living Podcast. If you enjoyed it, then I'd love it if you would share it with some friends and subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications so you can find out when the next podcast comes out. You can find us at Instagram at Shambhala Farm and also check out our upcoming 12-week food growing course. You can find out more details on our newsletter list or on Instagram. I'll see you on the next episode.